Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 184. You can't beat someone that never gives up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Have you turned your key and heard that dreaded tick, 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 tick because of a dead battery? No worries. I've got the NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in your glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that will start a dead battery in your car, boat, truck, or RV. It packs a whopping 12-volt, 400-amp starting power and can start up to 20 dead batteries on a single charge. Plus, it has built-in spark-proof technology with reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart your vehicle. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are solid copper for maximum conductivity, and there's a built-in ultra-bright dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS emergency strobe. It's easily rechargeable with a USB outlet, and you can charge your smartphone or tablet while you're on the road. Works on any 12-volt lead-acid battery. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, your battery care source since 1914. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm so excited to introduce a very special guest, Ian James. Ian, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yep, I'm ready to roll. All right, great to have you here. Ian James is an expat Brit who moved to America from England in 1999 after a successful open-wheel career racing junior open-wheel formulas. He's been racing successfully ever since here in the United States. He's a race winner in the former American Le Mans and Grand Am series, as well as the Continental Sports Car Series. Ian has a truly diversified career and a keen ability to adapt to all types of vehicles. He currently races for Alex Job Racing in the Tudor Sports Car Series, driving the Heart of Racing 991 GT America Porsche. So, Ian, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a moment and share some more about your history, your racing career, your interests, and, of course, your passion for racing? Yes, yeah, certainly, Mark. You know, I've been very fortunate to turn one of my passions in life into a career. Very early on, I knew I wanted to, to be a race car driver. I didn't really realize how I was going to go about that. I had a family history. My father used to, to race. And ever since I'm seven or eight years old and go-karting, I've been working to uh, to turn it into a full-time career. And I, I was fortunate enough to do that and uh, be able to move to America and fulfill a dream and, and have a racing career. And uh, I'm very thankful for that. Well, you've raced a lot of different types of cars. Can you take us through a little bit of your history of what, after go-karting, what kind of cars you moved into and how you got to the kind of racing that you're doing today? Yes, certainly. Uh, I mean, I started off in, uh, in Formula Ford uh, in England and, uh, and a formula called Vauxhall Junior, which is actually no longer around. But it's an open-wheel, 1600cc uh, formula car formula, basically where all the young kids come out of go-karting. And that's really kind of like the melting pot to see if you get through that level onto the next level, which for me was, was Formula Renault and then up to Formula 3. Luckily, I managed to transition through those. And then uh, after Formula 3, I really didn't have the, the, the budget to go on, you know, up to Formula 2 at the time. So I looked towards um, a sports car career because I thought that could be sustainable in the long run. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to uh, 
to be able to come to America on a on a one-off deal actually back in 1999, and that went very well. And um, I've been here ever since. Oh, fantastic! Well, as we continue on your journey, I always like to start with a success quote, and this is a saying that has been instrumental in forming your life and your success in racing. It's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars. Yeah. So, Ian, I know you love to drive. Take the wheel. Yeah, I mean, there's many quotes uh, over the years that come to mind, but one that's really always sticks out, and I try and pass it on to you know other people coming up through the ranks is, you can't beat someone that never gives up, and really <laughs> racing's all about that. It's perseverance, keeping going, no matter what the adversity. Keep working at it, and and hopefully it turns around, and eventually it will if you work hard enough at it. I can imagine it has, and never giving up is certainly something I've heard from many of the racers that have been here on cars. Yeah. Not until you pass that checkered flag because you never know what's going to happen in front of you. Exactly. Would you share a story with us that instigated your passion for racing? You talked about starting in go-karts. Is there a pivotal moment in your life you can remember when you really knew that you wanted to be a race car driver? Well, to be honest, you know, my father used to race. I used to go to the racetrack with him, but he also used to run a race team after that. And um, I remember when I was very young, back to six seven years old where i was you know at races like the formula ford festival which is a which is a big event event in england and uh one year our team won that that event and that, that really transcended in my mind as like god I've, I've got to be able to find a way to do this someday and i didn't know obviously at that age that it was a realistic or i would be able to but that memory has kind of always stuck with me and one of the few that has obviously it worked quite well for you so ian would you share with us a huge challenge, or even a great failure that you've faced in racing. Uh, racing is fraught with ups and downs. It's a roller coaster ride. Is there a moment in your career when you were pretty much ready to hang up the towel and say, you know what, this is just too much? But the most important part of this question has to do with how you overcame that challenge and what you learned from it. Well, actually, very early on in my career, um, you know, I didn't come from a wealthy background, and obviously it takes a lot of money to go racing. And we just... Uh, We'd just done the Formula Vauxhall Junior Series. I came second in, in the championship that year. You know, everything was great. I had a lot of offers for the next year, but I couldn't find the sponsorship to make it happen. And so there was a huge level of frustration at that point, just, you know, believing that I had the talent, but I just couldn't get it over the finish line to get to the next year. So at that point, I actually took it upon myself, and I ended up running an extra additional two cars under a, under a team umbrella to pay for my racing which I did for the next few years. And uh, it was uh, many months of stressful getting deals done and, and, and making it happen, but I had to find a way to fund my racing. And that's just one of the many times where I've come up against a, a budget you know, wall and had to figure it out. One year, I took on a job actually uh, putting vinyl on double-decker buses in London during the night for <laughs> six months to pay for my racing. And uh, There you go. Yeah, and uh, you just you find a way. If you want it bad enough, you find a way. Absolutely. Let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. I'd love for you to share a story with our listeners. When you had a real aha moment in your racing career, that time when you realized, you know what, I think this is really what I'm going to be able to do for at least a big part of the future of my life. Well, actually, I remember uh, very clearly and um, early on when I was doing Formula Ford, a gentleman uh, the name of Tom Walkinshaw, who was famous for the TWR Jags back in the day in sports car racing, and he went on to run the Arrows Formula One team. I'd qualified on the front row at Donington Park, and, and, and he came up to me and, and he gave me some advice. He said, if you get in the front of the pack, 
turn the mirrors down and just don't look back. <laughs> and I remember winning that race and, and taking that you know to heart. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, I can do this. And uh, <laughs> that was a turning moment for me in terms of success. Oh, that is fantastic. I love that. Just turn the rearview mirrors down. So all you can see is what is in front of you. That's incredible. Will you share a story with me about your first really special race car? You've raced in lots of different vehicles, but you can think back to that one race car that really stands out in your mind that really has a place in your heart. Yeah, I mean, I've been very fortunate to to drive some really amazing vehicles. But there's one vehicle, and it's actually, um, and I didn't actually race it in a modern-day race, but I raced it in a historic race. And it was a Porsche 962. And I remember as a kid, you know, watching Le Mans on TV oh, and seeing these goodness. things go around. And, you know, this was you know, a little bit later on in my career, but I was driving at a vintage event for somebody. And, and I was just driving it, and I was out there on the banking at Daytona thinking, you know what? I used to watch this thing. This is just the coolest thing in the world to be driving it. Oh, gosh. I've got to sit in one of those. I had a friend who had one for a while in his collection. Can you tell us just briefly maybe, what was it like driving that iconic car? You know, it, it really was amazing. And, you know, it's a vintage event, so people aren't, you know, pushing the things to 10 tenths. But I was out there and I was dicing with Hurley Hayward, who was in the Brumos version <laughs> at the time. And, yeah. and I was playing around with the boost knob. And, you know, it was pretty low boost because it's, you know, looking after the engine. And I remember just giving it another quarter of a turn to the right and the boost coming in so much harder. And even in, even in historic, we were doing like 220 mile an hour on the banking at Daytona. So it was, it was pretty impressive. But just the whole you know, visceral effect of driving that car was, it was a thrill to me. Oh, my gosh. Must have been absolutely amazing. Dream come true. Well, you've raced real race cars. I should say cars at 10 tenths. So, um, but that car definitely was a real race car. So what an experience. Super fun. Yeah, definitely. Let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your most memorable race? And take us maybe through a part of the adrenaline pumping part of that experience and what stood out in your mind. Well, it's actually two races that, you know, the, that I get the memory from. In, in, in 05, I went to Le Mans for the first time uh, racing a, a P2 Courage, and we actually were excluded in the middle of the night because the wheel came off. Oh, no. And we, and we had to roll back down pit lane to put another wheel off, and, and we were actually beating the French team at that point. So we got excluded. I don't know if that was Ugh. for any other reason than than, uh, than they thought we had uh, transgressed the rules, but we actually hadn't because we hadn't reversed it. It just rolled back down pit lane. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the, the next year when we went back, although we had our problems, we ended up finishing third on the podium. And my first time standing up there on the podium and looking over that sea of people, it was just that was just a, an amazing moment for me because in terms of sports car, there is only one holy grail, and that is Le Mans. Oh, I can't even imagine what that might have been like. Is there something before you got to the podium during the whole experience that just resonates in your mind? Is there something about that experience you can share with the listeners that just amazed you? Well, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things. But one of the things that really sticks out in my mind is that, you know, we had a lot of rain uh, that year. And you're going down the miles on about 215 or about 210 miles an hour. You've got wet weather tires on, yes, but there's these trail trail lines where the trucks goes down, camions drive down the the you know the public highway, mm-hmm. and they fill with water. So when you come out onto the Molzahn, you have to have the the courage to cross across this basically aquaplaning, you know, oh, two lines in the road, and the whole car goes totally light and and out of control for a fraction of a second. So every time, you know, you've got seven miles to think about that every time you come back around to be able to cross that at 200 miles an hour. So that, that, that was something that really stood in my mind. I'll bet. Oh, my gosh. How about current projects? Is, 
And maybe you can share a little bit about the the racing you're doing right now. I got the chance to meet you at an event last week where we talked a little bit about racing with uh, Alex Jobs and what you guys are doing for Racing for the Heart. Is that the current project in your mind that really has you excited and fired up today? It really has. You know, I've driven for some, some wonderful car owners and teams, you know, throughout my career. But this really is the epitome of a feel-good and racing story. I mean, Alex Joe runs a, a really awesome operation. And, and the, in terms of Porsche racing, there's really nobody you know, more famous in America. And with the support of Gabe Newell, Seattle-based, um, he set up a, a racing program where we raise money for Seattle Children's Hospital. He underwrites the, the cost of running the car, so everything we raise goes directly to the hospital. We raised over half a million dollars last year, and we're on track to do the same this year. So I get to mix two great passions of mine. You know, I get to race for just an amazing team and an amazing group of people, and we get to do something for you know the kids, not just in Seattle, but for the research they do and the kids around the world and, and furthering heart surgery and and care for them. So it's just, you know, this is, I would say in terms of my career, there's just no better feeling than the, than the program I'm involved in. I remember you were talking at that event that we met at about combining these two things together. Is this the first time you've raced for a team that does something like this? Yeah, I mean, this is my fourth year being involved with with Team Seattle, which has turned into the heart of racing. Don and, and Donna Kitsch started Team Seattle over 15 years ago, and They've raised over $5 million you know, towards Seattle Children's Hospital. But this is the first time where somebody like Gabe has underwrote the program, so we haven't had to worry about finding the money to go racing as well as doing a charity element. And it's pretty unique in terms of the the people that have come together for this project. And, and like I say, you know, everybody involved in it is super motivated not to do well just on the racetrack, but to to produce and, and raise as much money as we can. So it's it's just an amazing feeling to be part of it. Well, you're very fortunate. And I know we've had Don Kitsch on Cars Yeah here, and he's one enthusiastic guy. <laughs> yeah, I've known Don for probably 20 years when I started vintage racing up here in the, in the Northwest and out at Pacific Raceway and run with his school. And uh, he's a great guy. Don is a great person. Their whole family's wonderful. So you're very fortunate to be a part of it. They do raise uh, money for a great cause, and we'll talk a little bit later at the end of the show about how people can get involved and participate in this as well. Now, here's a fun question for you, Ian. It's kind of introspective. If you were a race car, what kind of race car would Ian be and why? You know, my my mind goes back to the early 70s Formula One race cars, which were just pure performance-driven. I mean, there was no safety. There was no thought of you know any of that the cars were just raw just to built to go around the racetrack as fast as they could at that time and and that was kind of a golden era that obviously for safety reasons and 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 other reasons we'll never get back to but it, that just seemed like a, a golden era in terms of racing and those cars and the noise it, it just seemed amazing is there one vintage f1 car that comes to mind or maybe you've even had a chance to drive since it sounds like you've driven a vintage car in your past that you think would fit your personality? I think, you know, the I, I don't know exactly which one, but the, the era of Colin Chapman and the Lotuses and, mm. and some of the groundbreaking stuff that he brought out was was um, was so special because, you know, he reinvented the, the, the race car so many times. I think he did a, a dual chassis car, which took effect of the ground effects, which was just an amazing car. That That would be a kind of cool car. Yeah, I think so. Have you been able to drive something like that? 
you know, I've driven some some historic Formula One cars and marches, but I've never driven a, a Lotus, to be honest. Well, we're going to have to get you in one of those, I think, someday. So listeners out there that have one, call, give Ian a call. I think he'd have some fun driving your car. Maybe around Monaco, the historic Grand Prix they have there. That'd be pretty fun. Yeah, I definitely wouldn't turn that deal down. Uh, sure. I'll bet not. So Ian, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, here's a little something for the Cars Yeah listeners. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com and click on the free book button on the homepage. Download your free Filler Up book today at Cars Yeah. All right, Ian, we're back and we're entering the last lap. And this is where I'm going to fire off a series of questions. And I'm going to ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? I'm ready. What's the best racing advice you've ever received and who was it from? It was actually um, from a gentleman called Ron Turanek. And he was part of the uh, Brabham Turanek uh, dynasty back in the day. Mm-hmm. And then he went on to have his own uh, car company called Rolt. And I was driving for him in, in Formula Renault. And I'd spent the morning driving around the racetrack, thought I was doing a great job. And I came in, and he leaned into the cockpit, and he said, yeah, are you done now? And I'm like, done? We're just, you know, we're still testing. He goes, no, we're not testing yet. You're driving around. <laughs> he says, make sure from now on, every time you're on that track, you take advantage of it. And that was, uh, that stuck with me forever. Oh, my gosh, that's great. I love that. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success on the racetrack? You know, I, t- I try and have a real close attention to detail, you know. It's, it's the small stuff that catches you out. It's, it's, it's not the, always the big picture stuff. It's, it's getting every little element right, and that's down to your preparation, your physical preparation, your mental preparation, car preparation. Every single element needs to be right for you to be successful in this business. Excellent. And do you have a resource that you would share with the Cars Yard listeners that you're really fond of? Perhaps it's a website or a blog. You know, nowadays I, I follow sports car racing news, and there's a sports car 365.com is a really good way to, to, to follow what's happening in the sports car world. Sportscar365.com is a great site. And we just had the founder, John DeGeese, on Cars Yeah! yesterday. Is there a book that you've read in the past that you think the Cars Yeah! listeners should get their hands on? You know, like I say, one of my passions is, is Le Mans. And there's a book called Go Like Hell. And it's, about, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's about the original Ford Ferrari battle for Le Mans. And I, I think it's an amazing read. So I'd recommend that to anybody. It is a great book. I've had several Cars Yeah! listeners recommend that book. It's fantastic. I'll remind our listeners that you can find all these resources at carsyacom slash Ian James. Ian, do you have any interesting hobbies outside of your passion for racing? I play a little bit of golf. Uh, I love water sport. I love, uh, love surfing and, and wakeboarding. I'm just, uh, I like to be active. You know, I like to be outside and, and, and do fun things. And I'm getting a little bit older now, so maybe I've toned some of those <laughs> high energy stuff down. But I, I love to be on the lake. I love to be on a boat. And that's, uh, that's my passion outside of racing. All right. We're up to the checkered flag. And this last question can be a real doozy for some people. If you could have only one collector car, and I'll include one collector race car in your garage, but this is something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, you're going to have to keep it, but money's no object. I'll buy you whatever you'd like today. What would that vehicle be and why? You know, for me, it's it's a Mark 1 E-Type. Mm. And, 
it, it may not be the most expensive and extravagant car out there, but uh, I just remember that car growing up and, uh, and and seeing them and being around them a little bit. And uh, to me, it's the it really is the most beautiful you know, sports car that that's happened in the in the, in my generation, or just slightly before my generation. But it's still. It's still a dream car that one day I hope I will have in my garage, and I'll be proud every time I see it. Is it the design elements of that vehicle? Because they are just gorgeous. I just think the the, the whole look of it, the design, the long hood. You know, it's a little bit understated, but it's just it's it's elegant, and it's um, something that to me is is just car art at its finest. Yes. Well, we share something there. The very first car that instigated my passion for cars was a Jaguar XKE. My father bought me a Matchbox by Lesney when I was five or six years old at the hardware store. I still have it today, a little red one, and I think that's the one that started it with me. And I had the pleasure of driving several when I was a kid in high school, and I detailed cars, and I had some customers who had E-types and would let me drive those cars. And oh my goodness, have you ever been able to drive one? I have driven one, and uh, actually... uh a little bit of a story my, my dad used to have when, when he was younger and, and was racing. He had a he had an E-type Jag. Oh, nice. But he had to trade it in for a Rambler because he needed something oh, to no. tow, his race, <laughs> tow his race car. So that's that's kind of the dedication. Looking back, I'm like, Dad, God, if only you'd kept that thing, you know. But oh. uh, it just shows you what you'll do to go racing. But I, I was very fortunate to, to drive a few of them, and, uh, and hopefully, like I say, one day I'll have one on my own. Well, I'm sure you will. Going from a Jag to a Rambler, yeah, that is dedication. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, Ian, you've taken us on a great ride today, and I've really enjoyed your stories. Thanks for taking me around the track and for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Is there one parting piece of guidance you could offer us before you drive off down the racetrack? You know, I'm a, I, I kind of, I'm a karma guy, you know, and I, and I think, you know, sometimes you put effort in and you do things for people and, and you don't always have to do it to see a direct response, you know, but I think if you do right by people in life in general, it comes back around and, and, and it'll pay you back in the end. Absolutely. And you've been kind enough to take time out of your very busy schedule to be with me today, and I'm extremely grateful for that. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about Ian James and the racing you're doing today? So IMSA.com is a, is a good resource. Uh, I race in the Tudor Sports Car Series, which is an IMSA-sanctioned uh, event. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can also find me on Twitter, IJRacer1. Okay. Uh, and I try and keep people up to date with what's going on in, uh, in my racing life on, on that. And with the Heart of Racing, is there a website they can go to where they can perhaps participate by donating money to the cause or helping the racing team or helping with the children's hospital uh, efforts? Definitely. Theheartofracing.org or teamseattle.com uh, is two great resources. And uh, we're always looking to hear from people that, you know, so have some ideas how we can raise money and or we'd just like to donate maybe and, and get involved in the program that we're uh, hopefully be doing for many years to come. Fantastic. Well, listeners, I would encourage you to look at all these sites and participate because they really are raising some money, and they are making some changes in children's lives there at Children's Hospital. It's fantastic. And you can find all these links at carsyad.com slash Ian James. Ian, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today and your expertise and for sharing your experiences with me and the Cars Yad listeners. I hope someday I get to see you race live instead of just watching on television. I'm sure that'll happen one day. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much, Bob. You're welcome. 
Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.